We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to be back on tonight. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, Hopefully, you're getting over the uh, national championship game. Uh, Just uh, the fireworks on one end and the lack of fireworks on the other end. But tonight, I'm excited to have on uh, Ben from the Fan the Flames Football Podcast. Thanks for joining me tonight. Yeah, thanks, Bobby. It's uh, great to be on the podcast. You know, uh, I know that I had you earlier on this year on my podcast, Fan Flames Football Podcast, covering Liberty football. I'm excited to talk some more about uh, all that's been going on in the program. Absolutely. I, I, I guess I'll start off. We can start off like what? What's a little bit of a, a little bit of a snapshot background for the Liberty Flames from the football side? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, uh, we started in the FBS in 2018 was like our transition year. And then we were full-time FBS in 2019. Before then, uh, we were in the uh, FCS in Big South, uh, I think from, I believe it was like 98 all the way up to uh, 2018. And yeah, they've had a, had some success um, at both levels now, um, including before they were even um, in the FCS. And with that being said, you know, what we've got moving forward is really, really exciting. Um, but uh, just a little bit from my background as well, the Liberty uh, fan and wh- where I come from and the reason why I'm a, such a big Liberty football fan. I actually grew up not a fan of Liberty football, um, as surprising as it sounds. Um, I grew up in Buffalo, New York. But um, with that being said, my closest like big time college team besides University at Buffalo was Penn State. So I grew up a Penn State fan. Grew up to going to games, loved football, um, played it. Family loves it, all that good stuff. The whole uh, cliche type story. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, and um, really wanted to go to Liberty my entire high school career, um, uh, especially with my faith and such. Um, and you know when I. I started to, you know, had this idea of like, hey, I want to go to Liberty, I started following the football team. And back then they were just in the FCS and, you know, they were had some success and, I mean, didn't really get too familiar. It was still Penn State number one and then came here for grad school in 2019, uh, which was actually Hugh Freeze's first year as head coach. Um, we arrived at the same time just about and you know, came down here to Lynchburg, moved down here, and, you know, 2020 was really the year that I, like, truly flipped allegiances. Um, still, of course, followed Penn State pretty heavily, but not to the point of where I'm literally covering the team. And, like, there's, I mean, there's times where I'm, like, looking at even, like, the Rose Bowl. Like, I know most of the players on Penn State, but then I'll hear a player, and I'm like, I don't know him, but I can name everybody on Liberty's football team. <laughs> so, but the, back in the day, I used to be able to do the same thing with Penn State. So, um, you know, kind of flipped allegiances, and then I stayed in the area in Lynchburg and season ticket holder, all that good stuff. Been able to have some great connections and covering the team, and I'm, I mean, I'm super excited to see where we go from here. First, I can relate a little bit with what you're talking about with uh, allegiance to a team when you're younger, my dad went to the university of Michigan. So I grew up just a diehard Michigan fan. So I growing up in the nineties and two thousands, Michigan football, uh, sometimes was good and sometimes was really bad. So it was like, yeah, but at the same time, it's like now, of course I have the teams that I cheer for now, but I try to be neutral as much as I can, but it's, uh, I also have to shout out, uh, you guys do a great job on your show. I appreciate that. Really do. Um, I mean, you know, I, I really, uh, I'm so thankful for the three guys that joined me. I'm going to shout out them. 
Kyle Griesinger. He runs Liberty Mountain Views on Twitter. Um, and then uh, Jerry Flincham, um, Jeremiah Flincham, Liberty super fan. Love that guy. And James Knuckles, who um, if, you're, if anybody knows Liberty, and I'm sure the people that um, – that are like, well, Ben, we haven't heard your podcast in a couple weeks. We want to hear you. They're going to be listening to this podcast for sure. Uh, I wanted to shout out him. You know, uh, the Jokers, the, like the super fan group yep. um, for student section. He was the leader of the Jokers the past couple of years. Um, big dude. I mean, he. I mean, he's got. Uh, speaking of a man that's uh, a big human who should be playing, who should have played college football. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> one of them and great guy. Um, so. Um, very thankful for those three and, um, yeah, I'm excited for them. Absolutely. I, 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 myself, I've had Jeremiah on the show and I've gotten to know him pretty well and great guy, fantastic dude. Yep. Yep. Uh, one of the, it's crazy because neither of those three were really my friends until like probably July or August this past year. And they've become some of my closest friends just in a short amount of time, like because we have we share a lot of the same, um, you know, interests and you know, love for Liberty football. And it's incredible how a community like that can really pull you guys together. And we, we jab at each other um, and pick on each other, but it's all love between all of us. And I really appreciate all of them. So yeah, that's it's it's awesome. Jeremiah, he's a great dude for sure. Same for Kyle and James. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about the 2022 season. Obviously, you guys started the year off tremendously well. Got ranked as high as 19th in the country. Uh, just a really really good season for you guys. Yeah, um, you know we were. I, I don't know. It, it, it was. It's funny looking back. I, I'm trying to just describe the feeling. I guess being eight and one, it, it was special. Um, I remember, like, you know, my dad, he's he's a big college football fan. and I remember, like, texting him when we when we were beating Arkansas. And he's a busy guy, even in the fall, and he tries to catch as many games as he can. And I texted him, like, Dad, you need to be watching this game right now. Like, I can't believe we're beating Arkansas. And he's like, oh, my gosh, are you serious? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. And so we actually were talking on the phone and we usually do during a lot of the games, um, just to kind of talk about all the different things. And, um, you know, it was like such an elation. And then when we, being that it was our first year together as a podcast, as a crew, you know, those first nine games, we were like, this is crazy. And then, you know, things started going downhill, of course, against, uh, uh, UConn and then, Virginia Tech and then New Mexico State and you know the, you want to speculate all you want you know those players are they put it all they're all in I mean student athletes man they don't get enough credit for what they do no so I'm not going to really bag on them or anything I, I, I love every single one that was on this team this year but uh, you could just tell like it, it's tough when you get to bowl eligibility and I'm not going to say that they didn't want to win games but then on top of that you I mean, a certain coach, our head coach, Hugh Freeze, is saying right after Arkansas, like, they're interviewing, like, because, you know, the speculation of, hey, is he going to move, go power five? And, you know, you start hearing things like he's saying, like, um, I don't know, you know, I've won everywhere I can, so kind of, like, why not me, you know? So you're kind of like, huh, this is a little strange. And then after the move happened, you kind of – and. I tell you what, I'll, I'll say this straight up um, for, I mean, people have listened to it on my podcast, my opinion on it. You know, I'm happy he's gone, but, like, at the same time, I'm so thankful for what he was. Mm-hmm. And that's what made it so tough when the last game against New Mexico State, which, credit to them, good for them beating Bowling Green. Like, that's awesome. We're excited to play them next year. They're actually our home opener for our conference debut. We'll get to that in a second. But... Um, it was a weird feeling where, because we saw it that morning and we we're all like, what the heck just happened? You know? Right. <laughs> we're like, we, we can't believe it. And then, you know, I have different connections and friends coming down and saying like, hey man, like, 
this is this is what we're kind of hearing. This is what because we're like I have some friends that talk to players, you know, and it's like this is what you know, this is what they've been thinking, or little things like that. And you're like, man, and it was just kind of a really like took the air out of the stadium, you know, and everybody was talking. That's everybody what everybody was talking about. And then when it became a blowout, you know, it was just I mean spooky kind of because <laughs> you have all that energy coming up to the Virginia Tech game even after the UConn loss and then it just seems like it was all just taken away just a snap of a finger um and yeah it was it was the weird because then on top of that you got to realize it was after Thanksgiving there's no students right if any like <laughs> and then there's not a ton of people I mean usually when it comes to Thanksgiving games they kind of put out huge package deals like, hey, come after, you know what I mean? You're right. Thanksgiving, even on Saturday, family's in town, come come to the game. And, like, the tickets get crazy cheap for that game, those types of games. And uh, it just was felt like a ghost town by halftime. It was a really strange feeling, which that doesn't normally happen at Williams Stadium. We have a very good, passionate state, uh, fan base. So that That's crazy how that transpired during the game, even. It, it just... It's just a weird thing to unfold. Yeah. Yep. Um, I can't imagine if the game was played any later in the day. I'm happy it was a noon kickoff, to say the least. Yeah. Because there would have been a lot more going on. Maybe Freeze could have re-motivated them, them for that. But, I mean, at that point, I, I mean, I where I sit is I sit on the Liberty sideline, and I could just tell how deflated some of the guys were. Um, and – it was frustrating to watch, like, you know, and, but uh, I guess it is what it is. I'm happy to uh, be moving forward with these other guys um, that we'll get to here in a second. I've never been more excited. So, Well, we can get right to it. Coach Chadwell is one, probably my favorite coach in college football. I, I cannot say – enough about how much I love him as a coach, but more importantly, as a, as a person, he is just a fantastic man. He has all the right principles and he, he, he's a heck of a football coach too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's special. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's a special hire. <laughs> Ab um, absolutely. You know, yeah. What were you going to say? No, I was just agreeing with you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. With with him, man, it was it was just hard to believe that. Like, and it still is hard to believe that he's our coach. Um, not because we don't think that we can get a coach like him. Um, it just was almost like, wow, what a match! What a match! Um, he fits Liberty so well. Um, you know, you talk about a lot of his beliefs and. You can talk about who he is as a person, um, but you know, for a growing young program to have someone like him walk in here, you know, say, I mean, one of the, if you if you watch this introductory press conference, you know, say, you know, I, I'll I'll be here for as long as you have me. That's what really resonated with the fan base. Um, it's it's you know, everybody was like, whoa. You know, this guy wants to be here. This is a destination job for him. And, you know, if I, I'm going to get a little bit into the staff, you know, you talk about, you know, what a staff he's assembled. And, you know, I know there's a Liberty Coastal rivalry. I'm not going to dive too deep in that. But there's some quality coaches that we were able to, yes. to also bring along with him. Um, and it showed the past few years that he was the coach at Coastal, you know, these guys are legit. These guys are fantastic coaches who know how to develop players and recruit players. And I'm really excited for, you know, got, got like a Willie Korn um, offense coordinator along with Newland Isaac. Tony Washington actually isn't from Coastal. He's actually from West Virginia. Mm -hmm. He was able to bring him back. He was actually part of his, uh, I believe, either Charles Southern or Coastal coaching staff. He might have been a little bit at Coastal, but I know he's yeah, not Charles yes, Southern. Yes, he was. Bill Durkin, Cody Ludko, who was nominated as one of the better um, assistant coaches this year. Um, Jack Curtis, we're bringing back as co-defense coordinator, and he was also safeties last year. 
Um, he has a lot of experience, so I'm really excited to have him back. Um, Skyler McGee, Rob Abela, um, or Bela, and then Dino Waits, we actually took from uh, VMI, and then Kyle Krantz. Um That's a heck of a squad right there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, for coaching staff. Um, I, I, so, you know, I think that was kind of the next step was – this is a little bit kind of give you guys a little bit of insider info of, you know, the fan base. Um, just between private chats and then, of course, on the Liberty Twitter, as we call it as a whole, a lot of the reaction was, hey, we got to keep this guy. we got to keep this coach. And it was just frantic, you know, because, you know, we've had some special seasons these past few years, and we, you want stability, um, especially a guy like Josh Aldridge. Shout out to him. Congrats on him becoming a linebacker's coach for Auburn. Um, you know, even Bruce Johnson, Coach Klinakis, who was just who was just hired previously this this last year for Old Line. You know, there's a lot of different coaches. Mo Harris, you know, Kent Austin. I can shout out a wall, and they're all like, well, "What? Who are we gonna bring?" You know, and of course, when you have to wait for Coastal to play the bowl game, right? You know, you, you're kind of like, "Who are we gonna take? Who's he gonna take from Coastal? Does he have?" You know, other people in mind, and he did, obviously. But, you know, I think there was a little bit of impatience uh, with it as well because, you know, it's unknown a little bit. Even though that they've proven it elsewhere, you know, you kind of want stability right. in your own place as well. So that was kind of a little bit of the reaction from the fan base besides, you know, of course, some resonating with his introductory press conference was, hey, are we – because, you know, another thing that comes along with the change of coaching staff is you lose commits. And we lost quite a few of them. Um, but we kept some really good ones. And we actually flipped some um, from some teams. And they're going to be great gets for us. So uh, I think people, especially after today, have started to settle in. Like, okay, we got our staff. We're starting to get transfers. Okay, everything's – it's going to be okay. And I tried to warn everybody, but, hey, we got time. Relax, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not like we had to play in four months. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the overall encompassing uh, thoughts of uh, Jamie Chadwell. I think getting Coach Corn for you guys is such a huge, huge hire. Yes. Because he, he, he's a – he. He's big time. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, and he's young. Yes. And he, man, I have, I, I'm, I, you know, he's going to be a hard one to keep. You yeah. Know, he's yeah. going to be head coach one day is what I'm trying to get at. He absolutely um, will think, be. I think uh, even Isaac and McGee as well could eventually become a head coach as mm-hmm. well. The defensive line co-coordinator, co-defense coordinator, and the uh, offensive coordinator, co-coordinator with uh, Korn uh, and Newland Isaac. I think they both have head coaching traits in them. And, you know, we're happy to have them for now. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> right, right. I couldn't agree more with that, with what you just said there. <laughs> of course, probably one of the more exciting things for you guys has to be joining Conference USA. I mean, that, that's got to be such a huge deal for you guys. I mean, what, what are the initial thoughts from – yourself and the fan base um personally i wasn't sad um but there was some people that were sad in the fan base um you know uh you know and rightfully so we've had some success so you want to get into um you know especially like a sunbelt where it's regional rivalries and you have the unrealistic fans which i don't really know very many of them but they're like oh acc and all this yeah you know um, but then people are like, oh, this is a backslide, especially with today's like introduction of the schedule of, you know, and we'll get into that. Oh, this is backslide. And, and like the thing about it is I'm happy to like I mentioned earlier with the 2022 season this past year and in the past few years, we haven't ended the seasons well. And I'm not going to say that it was all Freeze's fault and it's all the players fault. Um, but Freeze was right in saying this, that, you know, once you get to six games as an independent Unless you're Notre Dame or BYU, how much more do you have to play for? Right. Um, you don't. Like, you, you, yeah, you you want to go and win a bowl, and, but you don't, especially the way that college football is going, 
playing for a conference championship is going to move you into a position to get into the college football playoffs once the 12th team. And I know it's going to be very difficult, but at least you have a chance. You have a chance. With being yep. in a conference. Um, and to be honest, even if you're in the Sun Belt, I still don't think it's going to be much of a higher chance than the Conference USA. I mean, it depends on who your schedule is going to be. Right. You know, you got to play some out-of-conference games and all that. And that was another thing that was with the Conference, champ- conference USA move was we lost a lot of power fives. And rightfully so, it's okay to be worried about that. But if you look at the schedule that was outside of like maybe one or two power fives, it was essentially like the Conference USA schedule. You're playing a lot of the same teams, and then you're playing UConn and UMass, um, yep. which UConn, I think, is improving as a program, and I think they're going to continue to get better. But, I mean, you know, at the same time, you know, it's not a conference win. <laughs> right. You know, and it's not like you're guaranteed to play UConn every year. So, you don't – and the committee and the ranking team, like college football – playoff ranking team which you can agree or disagree with the way that they rank people but they look at stuff like that so getting into a conference was huge and i think what people didn't realize is conference um like well college football is very different than college basketball per se um you get into long-term agreements sometimes with some of these contracts and you can't just drag and drop um this isn't a this isn't a video game so i think that's what what worried people most and um, yeah, next year we have a, and I, if you could see me right now, I'm putting it in quotes, week schedule, but mm-hmm. we don't really know if it's a week schedule. Jacksonville State is came out, if Jacksonville State wasn't transitioning, they would have been um, one of the top teams in the FCS this year. And right. you're talking about probably a team that's going to finish in the top six or eight teams. They went nine and two, and they've had a fantastic year. And they beat up on some ranked FCS teams that did make the playoffs. And then you got a team like Sam Houston State, who just two, is two years removed from nat- winning the national title in the FCS and has had a ton of successes and, and is in the deepest recruiting state in the country. Yes, yep. Texas is still that. I know Florida might have more talent, California as well, but at top end. But you're talking about you know a great t- team um, to come from the FCS, and Kennesaw eventually will be added uh, next year as well, Kennesaw State. So another young program that's – developing well in a very good recruiting state so the worries are there and they have um validity to them but they just didn't make any sense to where i where i came from where like i'm just happy to be able to play another game this year this coming year you you tell me i get to host we get to host a conference championship game if we're the top seed that's awesome that's something to get excited about um and you know, Western Kentucky, they're going to come out slinging. They're, you know, Austin Reed's returning. Um, you know, Middle Tennessee. I know University of Miami wasn't a very good team, but they beat them up this year. Yep. Um, you know, there's a lot of quality teams in here that people are just looking past. And New Mexico State, they're turning around. Jerry Kill, he, he's a program rebuilder. And I think people were a little shocked. And, yeah, we could put a lot of it on Hugh Freeze and, you know, maybe just not being into the game. But they came in and they kicked their butt. <laughs> as simple as that, the end of the year. So, um, and we'll get that revenge uh, this year. Uh, I mean, redemption, I guess you could say even. Um, so, you know, I'm excited. I, like, seeing the schedule today was so exciting. I'm glad that you brought up all those teams because I think – Conference USA, the new Conference USA, has taken a lot of uh, crap, I'll just say, to be blunt, I mean. And the the teams that are in it are not as bad as people really think. I mean, you you name the FCS ones that are tremendous at that level. And I think they're going to do tremendous when they move up as well. And, I mean, like you said, the other teams that you mentioned, I mean, these are not bad football teams. Nope. And the one that I'm missing is Utah. You know, mm-hmm. that I think, and besides FIU, I think FIU is still very going to be struggling along with Louisiana Tech. You know, Louisiana Tech and FIU, I think, are going to be kind of at the bottom next year. But right. UTEP is, is always going to have a solid program, in my opinion. They got a good fan base. They, they, they're they always going to have a team that's going to compete, is what I'm trying to say. Right. And bringing back that, uh, that uh, rivalry between UTEP and New Mexico State, it's going to be cool to see them play every year. I'm going to watch that game. As long as, like, 
Liberty's not on, I'm watching that game. <laughs> so, you know, I'm excited to watch. And that's another thing is being able to watch other conference games. That's going to be cool. That's right. something that I did as a Penn State fan growing up. I watched all the Big Ten games all the time. I still too still do the to this day. Um, seeing that and you know being like, well, geez, if they lose today, maybe we can root for these guys so we can play them in the conference. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's yep. really cool to have that um, type of connection. And plus, then you get rivalries. And Absolutely. I can tell you this: this is a football pod, but there's a certain team that's following us from the A Sun called Jacksonville State. Um, and they don't like us in basketball, and we don't like them. <laughs> so the rivalries are already starting to bud in other sports, and I think that they're going to continue to go through other programs as well. So I'm really excited. Well, I, I have to mention, I, like you said, I know this is a football podcast, but I'm a former basketball player, head college basketball coach and everything. This is going to be a tremendous basketball conference. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and baseball, too. Yes, Dale's yes. Baptist joined this year. <laughs> so, yeah, basketball is going to be a lot of fun. You know, I don't hate the A-Sun. I really don't. Um, there's there's a lot of great drawbacks of it. You know, there's some good rivalries that we've developed with, like, Lipscomb and such. But, man, this basketball conference is going to be good. Sam Houston State, man, they're building a program right now. Yep. And then New Mexico, Middle Tennessee's always got a solid program. Um, UTEP's had a good, pretty good team this year. And then Western Kentucky, I mean, come on. Right. <laughs> They're starting to become like a staple in uh, mid-major basketball. Yep. So, I mean, I, I'm just excited as a whole for Liberty Athletics as a whole. It's not just football. Yes. Football's going to be awesome to be playing in conference championships. That's obviously why we were invited to the conference in the first place. Right. However, with that being said, also, I want to say this. And this isn't a slight conference USA. Who's to say how long we're going to be in conference USA? That's you know, true. We've got to have some patience. You know, you, if we are in here for five, ten years, cool. You know, what, however long it takes, I'm happy. Let's go win some championships and prove it before we, we start talking about ACC, Big 12, or even American. Because, you know, I don't think Sun Belt's ever going to be a fit for us because we're a private school and they don't have any private schools. Yep. But at the same time, I understand the reasons of wanting to be in there with JMU being local, Coastal re- reviving that vi- rivalry, App State isn't too far, um, and even, I mean, if you want to reach, even like Southern Miss, we've started to have a nice little friendly banter um, with some of the Southern Miss fans. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for the move for sure. And and then we got to talk about the schedule that was just released today. So I just uh, I think the thing that stands out to me. I mean, we all heard that they were going to do midweek games, but then to see it on paper for somebody like me who travels the country going to different games, it's a dream for me. But for for other fans, I could see why it would be a little that they wouldn't like it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I want to shout out a, a friend, um, Kyle, <laughs> who's my one of my podcast partners. Yeah, she's out of D.C., and um, same for even Jeremiah, he, with him being out of Nashville. He might have a little bit more flexibility. But we're trying to get all season tickets together this year, all four of us, all set by each other. And it's going to be rough for him to make, for example, like Sam Houston, which is October 5th, which is a Thursday, Middle Tennessee, which is a Tuesday on October 17th. Completely understand the missing of those games, it's definitely not uh, fun to, you know, invest into tickets and then miss out on that. But with that being said, you know, we also get with those midweek games to kind of defend them. We're now going to be nationally televised. Right. Like, yeah, we're already technically nationally televised on all of our home games when it comes to our Saturday games that are home that are not, you know, hosted, you know, like, for example, I believe it was uh, BYU got an ESPNU this year. So we, you know, we have a really good broadcast team. Shout out to Matt Warner and Joe Yock and Emily Austin as well. Fantastic. Like, some of the best. But with that being said, not everybody's going to look at ESPN Plus and say, yeah, I can't, I really want to watch Liberty versus Old Dominion. Right. You know, (laughs) on ESPN Plus. 
they're going to say, oh, it's a Thursday night. Oh, this NFL game's not very good tonight. And I don't even have Amazon Prime. Let's throw on ESPN instead, and we can watch Sam Houston and Liberty. Right. So, and that's, that's going to be, in some cases, more appealing to people. You know, there are a lot of people who, are, who now prefer college football over NFL for many different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm one of them. So, But I'll be at that game. <laughs> the Tuesday night game is going to be a little bit rougher. But the Thursday night game, I can imagine I can make it a little bit easier because with the next game be Friday. But So I can understand even local people having a tough time with like jobs and such. You know, you're talking about leaving your job at 5 or whatever, and you have to get around. You can't even tailgate. You know, we don't have a crazy tailgate scene on, on Liberty's campus when it comes to you know, your typical, what you would imagine right. would be cliche. Um, but we still have a very good tailgate, and everybody bonds around and just, you know, has some um, uh, non-alcoholic drinks, <laughs> to say the least, and relaxes, and it's a great community. So that's going to be taken away, but then you also open up Saturday. So it's it's been a little bit of like a pros and cons type deal with us um, transitioning into this. But having some, you know, national attention um, and viewership is going to be huge uh, for a program like this. So um, I'm really excited, to be honest, about it. Uh, there's there's some questions of how that's going to work when you have, like, a shorter week. Like, for example, we play a game on October 5th and then October 10th, yeah. um, and they're actually <laughs> against the two FCS teams. <laughs> um so you get the whole weekend, and then you're back at it on Tuesday from Thursday to Tuesday. So that's going to be a little unique and a little different. Um, plus, you have to travel to Jacksonville, Alabama from Lynchburg. So it's not like you're having back-to-back home games for those five days. So you have to have a travel day with that, you know. So you got to think about that a little bit. But, you know, I will say this, and this is not the – again, I'm someone who's all student – but, hey, they want NIL and all this stuff, you know? <laughs> you know, they want to be a pro. This is Unfortunately, sometimes this happens with the pros, you That's know? That's true. Um, when they have their Thursday night game. So it's the same timeline, just uh, going to be different, for especially the fans. <laughs> um, so, but, hey, um, you kind of, again, you weigh the pros and cons. and I feel like some of the pros at the end are going to outweigh the cons in this type of situation. Having a Jamie Chadwell coach team on primetime television with that high-powered offense is going to be very, very exciting. Yes, I agree. I agree. I'm super excited to see um, them just be on national television more than one game or two games. <laughs> right, right. And like I said, for somebody like me, I travel. One of my one of my goals is to travel to every FBS home venue and. That's why these midweek games are big for somebody like me who does that type of traveling. So I, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. I hope, I hope uh, maybe this year you'll make it to one out here. I'll definitely um, try to link up with you then. I'm hoping so. <clears throat> well, I, I think another thing we got to hit on is, of course, in today's college football, I mean, the transfer portal is the lifeblood, uh, along with NIL, like we've like we've mentioned a little bit, but. You guys have done pretty well in the transfer portal so far. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I uh, woke up this morning and chose a little bit of violence this morning um, and uh, decided to, to really defend one of our uh, transfer portal guys. <laughs> um, not defend, but, like, really make some pretty pretty bold claims. Uh, <laughs> so we uh, – I'll get to that in a second. Um, so we have – I think seven transfers, five transfers now. No, it might be seven. Yeah, I think it's seven because we've had five in the last 24 hours. And the first two was Quentin Cooley, from, a running back from Wake Forest, uh, Jerome, uh, James Jointer um, uh, from Arkansas, running back. Um, and then we had, let's see, I'm trying to go through here. We had a wide receiver from West Virginia, really mm-hmm. excited about him. Um, and then Jordan White, who's a offensive guard from West Virginia as well. Um, the connection there is uh, Tony Washington, our, was- our wide receivers coach, being able to bring Reese Smith, who is a wide receiver, and then now 
Jordan White, and then we actually got uh, Trey Lowe, quarterback, who's a backup, one of the backups for Southern Miss this year, um, and also actually played at West Virginia before he went to South uh, Southern Miss, <laughs> but he also got recruited by Chadwell at Coastal, so there's a little mm-hmm. bit of connection there. And then I think I'm missing. Oh, uh, R.J. Roderick, um, who committed last night or this morning, one of the two. He um, it was this morning. Yeah, he uh, was a three or four year starter at corner for uh, University of South, uh, South Carolina. And then the last one was, I know I'm missing one. Oh, uh, Earl Rogers. He's a wide receiver from Louisiana. So those were the um, different transfer portal commits that we've had. We've had a couple of guys um, withdraw from the portal. Mm -hmm. Steven Sings was one of them. He was one of our starting defensive ends. Day-Day Hunter, who was our leading rusher last year, who unfortunately got hurt. Mm -hmm. And then... Jordan Norwood, it was a young freshman linebacker. Most of the reason why I think he's put his name in the portal was because he didn't really know Chadwell. He didn't get recruited by him. He's from Colorado. But he's come back, and we're excited about him. He's super talented. And, yeah, I mean, I think that's just about everybody. So, but, um, yeah, just real quick, uh, funny thing is I, I uh, made a bold claim that, claim this morning with uh, Jointer, the running back transfer from uh, Arkansas, that he was going to be the best running back that we've ever seen at Liberty. Um, this guy is an SEC running back, and you know I'm going to stand on my soapbox, and I'm sure that this won't be the last time. But um, you know I'm very, very excited about all the commits, but especially him. He is a special human being. Um, he got recruited by Tennessee. And um, obviously Arkansas, he had some other offers from like Indiana, other Power Five schools. Um, one of the better running backs, when you talk about rating wise, that Liberty's ever gotten. And you know, shout out to Rashad Jennings, um, you know, former NFL running back. Um, but um, you know. Got a little bit of slack saying that he could be the best of all time. Um, and he will be the best of all time. We've never seen anything like him. <laughs> Everybody's like, what about Rashad Jennings? And I'm like, yeah, that's true. But, like, this, he's like a dime a dozen. You know, you're not, you don't see. And the thing about with Rashad Jennings, he went and played at Pitt just out of high school. But he actually played for Liberty's uh, connected high school, Liberty Christian Academy. So, like, him coming back to play for Liberty was not like a shocker that he would choose Liberty in the long run. Um, but like getting a jointer who's our SEC guy who is behind AJ Green and Rocket Sanders, two of the best run, two of the better running backs in the SEC. You know, you bring in a guy, and I had a whole bunch of Arkansas fans saying, "Ben, this guy is." And I've never seen like so many different people just DMing me like, "Dude, like you need to." Well, it was like, I was like, "Oh boy, that's awesome." <laughs> so, what Chadwell's doing, and what I'm getting to is he, what he's building is special here. Um, already, you know, and, you know, of course with the transfer portal, it's unique. Um, this is something that we're at, uh, we're, we're at a place now in college football where this has become the norm. Um, but, um, you know, I'm really, really excited, um, about what he's done and how he's just transforming this team. And it's, it's going to be a fun year. That's all I got to say. <laughs> uh, there's more coming too, by the way. Absolutely. So I, I, I know there's some other people that we got um, kind of lined up over the past weekend. So I think one of the interesting things looking forward into the season is the, the quarterback battle. How do you potentially see that unfolding? So it just got really interesting last night when you bring in the Trey Lowe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you already have <laughs> um, you already have JB, Jonathan Bennett, who wins two of the biggest games in Liberty history, Arkansas and BYU. Started started off the, from the time he got the start after Salter got hit, 5-0. and And then speaking of Salter, you know, you got a guy who um, was recruited by basically everybody top 10 quarterback in the 2020 class and started off at Tennessee, had some issues, 
cleaned up his act and I mean got released from the team and then cleaned up his act came to Liberty and we took a chance on him and he's he's been fantastic when it comes to you know he's taken this opportunity with as much stride as he can um, and we love having him in the community he seems like a great guy great family um, so we're we're still really excited about him and then I mean there's a guy on this team that I mean if he played his senior season and didn't play in North Carolina, you're talking about if he played like a Texas or a Florida or Georgia even. I'm not saying that North Carolina is a bad state, recruiting state by any means. It's not. But he plays in his senior year. You're talking about for his size, 6'6", 250. You know, he's like 230 coming out of high school. He's got a heck of an arm. So – and I'm not even start talking about our, our freshman commit that we have. That's also two sport athletes He's can play shortstop more than likely for our baseball team. And he was, he had um, looks from Vanderbilt and um, he comes from Louisiana. I forget the other teams. I'm forgetting. Uh, I was but he's like near four star quarterback. So this quarterback roster is loaded and I don't want any of them to transfer, but I'm kind of like, Oh, kind of who's going to, who's going to end up transferring? Cause that's just, right. again, we just talked about the transfer portal. That's kind of the day and age, you know, well, how's that going to shape up? You know, I think all of these guys that fit this program with their character, fantastic guys, Jonathan Bennett had to sit behind Malik Willis. He was supposed to be the guy before Malik transferred in. He was supposed to be the next man up after Buckshot left. And, you know, he took it in stride. He was a great leader for two years behind J. Uh, I mean, Malik, excuse me. And JB, he, you know, had a pretty solid year this year with all things considered. Um, so we started Salter at, at um, quarterback um, against Toledo in the, um, in the bowl. And, you know, you're kind of thinking, well, do we go with Salter again? Do we go with a DB? Now we bring in Trey Lowe. <laughs> and, you know, Hampton's still there. He's got a lot of potential. And then, like I said, Reese Mooney, who's the um, freshman quarterback, it's 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 even more complicated, in my opinion, than last year's quarterback room. You know, so personally, I, again, you know, quarterback is the most important position maybe in every sport um, mm-hmm. as a whole. Personally, I think Salter's going to be able to take the job. I'm not uh, siding with anybody. I just have a feeling that he's going to run away with it in the long run. Um, he's got the talent. He's got the high end. He's proven it. He's got to stay healthy. And But, um, you know, that's just a little bit of a way too early projection, I guess you could say. Um, right. Otherwise, you know, it, it's going to be – a probably the most interesting spring that I can remember here. Even last year, you know, it's going to be more interesting than last year with the the battle with even Charlie Brewer coming in. This year I think it's more interesting because I think you got five. You don't have four. Right. I, I think even Reese Mooney, you know, albeit he's a true freshman, he's got the talent, you know, uh, to play at a, a program like this, you know, that's coming up. Um, you don't really want them to play because you want him to develop more but you know I, I wouldn't be surprised if he throws his hand in there a little bit um so it's it's you know who's going to fit the system they've a lot of them have been recruited by chadwell um hampton included um i think the only one that hasn't has been uh salter so um yeah we'll have to see what happens <laughs> it's, it's gonna be fun to watch that's for sure <clears throat> yeah yep um, really excited about spring. This, I mean, I'm just excited to see how this offense runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like my all-time favorite offense. What Chadwell and Corn are doing, just crazy. Me too. It's my favorite. I, I, that's why I fell in love with Coastal. Teal is my favorite color. I will, I will add that. But I fell in love with Coach Chadwell and the offense. It just, I mean, it was, it's just so much fun to watch. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a big pistol guy myself. You know, I love that they run the pistol. So um, I'm excited to see what they do with this whole arsenal of talent they got coming back, plus the guys that they're adding through the portal and the commitments as well. Absolutely. 
Well, one final question before we get off. Uh, what are you, what are you looking forward to in the upcoming season? I mean, there's so much new new things going on, but what what is there? What more is there to get excited about? I guess I could say. So to be honest, I'm going to flip because this is an offensive coach again. I, I'll say this straight up: I'm I'm more excited about Chadwell's offensive freezes. I wasn't. I, I wouldn't ever say this to anybody um, when he freeze was here. Um, I'm not someone who really questions a lot of play calling uh, i'm not really like a guy like because i kind of i i've never had to play do a play calling game but i understand how hard it is the game playing and you know play calls and all that stuff and i understand it's more than just run the ball pass the ball look for this or like i hear you know you know even as a bills fan growing like just today oh well we need to get this guy more involved more it's like yeah you can set up plays for that but he's also got to get open right you know? <laughs> um and vice versa, you know, when you hand it the ball. So I wanted to talk briefly and touch about that. I'm excited to see the offensive switch and see it, things be utilized a little bit different. Um, but with that being said, what I'm really most interested about is this defense. How does this defense look like when you lose your two best tacklers, your leading playmaker on defense, and your defensive leader in Javon Scrubs? Um, we're losing Rocket, Rocket Rahimi leading in our interception playmaker. Heck of a guy hits hard. He's going to SMU. Chris Megginson, he was our top corner, also going to SMU. And then our top, one of our top young linebackers, Ahmad Walker, um, is going to SMU as well. They all are going to SMU to follow our old defense coordinator, Scott Simons. And then you see Mike Smith, who is our leading tackler, leave for Baylor after one year at Liberty. So you got to shake up. Mm -hmm. Plus, we lost our top defensive end who is one of the best defensive ends in the nation and he deserves to be a top um top uh end draft pick i think personally if i'm a team i i would love to see him three to five uh, i don't think he's going to get drafted in three to five but i think he deserves it because he is a killer athlete so you lose a guy like that plus you lose you know top two top tacklers two of your top tacklers top playmaker, your top corner, and your team uh, leader, Javon Scruggs, when it comes to it. He's the heart and soul of the entire team. Been with the team. He's a local kid. You know, he, he just, Javon Scruggs embodies Liberty football. So you just see, and, you know, again, we have a lot of talent coming back. We're trying to replace him with, you know, R.J. Roderick, and we got some other guys coming in as well um, that we're looking at, plus some younger guys and some Juco guys. But with that being said, you know, you also get rid of your half of your co-defense uh, co coordinator, Aldridge leaves to Auburn. So that's going to be huge because mm -hmm. the identity of this team the past two years have been, has been the defense. And, you know, moving forward, who's going to fill with Dennis Asagade, who came in last year late after transferring as a grad transfer from Stephen F. Austin? Who's going to fill the hell? You got a Kendy Charles, but is a Bryce Dixon going to step up? Who was a guy that last year got recruited by Georgia, um, and he had other offers coming in and chose Liberty. And how does how does replacing your linebackers when you got a linebacker who had moved from defensive end and is kind of inexperienced in that position? He's kind of your top dog along with kind of a rotational guy. So we're going to have to fill in those holes and we're going to have time to do that through the portal and through Juco, Juco commits and even um, some young guys. I'm sure that there's there's one or two out there. Plus there's some developmental guys on the team that are young. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how this defense fills out. Um, we, there's a lot that we lost on defense. Offense, I'm not entirely worried about. Um the talent that we have coming back, plus on top of that, the system that's coming in fits a lot of these players. So I'm excited. And it seems like we've recruited really well with the portal and commitments on the offensive side. But on the defense side, we're very young. So how, who's going to step up? You know, you got a Kendy Charles, you got a Trace on Clark, uh, Christian Zachary, Steven Sings. Who's going to step up? You know, um, that's that's my, my biggest uh, thing that I'm looking forward to is this defense. And I'm an offensive guy. <laughs> you know, uh, 
put me on. I played offensive side of the ball. I've hardly ever played defense when I'm in my playing career. Uh, put me on the offensive side of the ball. But, <laughs> you know, defense matters and defense wins championships. Tell you last night wasn't because of just because TCU fell flat. Right. It was because Georgia has one of the best defenses that we've seen. Um, and they're starting to become the new Alabama. Yep. You know? yep. So defense matters. And it's what won us and got us eight and one. Let's see what happens from here on out. You know, is what I'm really at. I, I love that. I mean, I was an offensive player too. And I was a defensive coach, though. And it was funny because you would ask my coaches, and they're like, oh, you didn't play any defense. But still, <laughs> nonetheless, I, I'm a defense guy, too. That's what wins you championships, like you said, that you got to have it to be successful. Yep. It's an old cliche, but it's true. Yep. We, so, yeah. Like you said, we saw it last night. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, that's that's uh, what I'm most excited of the see this year is the defense, really, honestly. I can get all excited about this offense and all the new different crazy things and how he's going to utilize all these transfers and all that other stuff in the current play. But what really gets me excited is what does our defense look like? Mm-hmm. Well, I got to thank you so much for joining me tonight, Ben. It's been a pleasure having you on. Um, I I got to I gotta first say I, I love Liberty because – of my religious beliefs they side a lot with liberty so i love and respect the university and everything that it that it stands for but i also have become a fan of the football program just by interacting with you and some of the other fans just so many great people yeah and we do appreciate you um you know um it's it's always uh, fun to interact and collab with other creators um, who are passionate about the same things so um I'm looking forward to reflecting back. Um, well, even come August, maybe we'll, we'll have to collab again. <laughs> uh, we got to reflect on where are we at now. <laughs> Absolutely. So, <laughs> well, I, I again, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Yeah, thank you again for having me on. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, let let the listeners know where they can uh, follow you at. Yeah. So. Um, Twitter, Instagram, uh, we even have Facebook, YouTube. We're going to actually start doing live streams um, in the offseason. A little, little bit, you know, there's not a lot to talk about. But we're going to start doing a little bit more to kind of get more of uh, Liberty fans involved and even people who are, you know, not even Liberty fans who are going to be future opponents in the conference. So we're really excited about that. Um, you can find me on Twitter at FTF Football Pod. Um, that is FTF Football Pod. And then also on Instagram at the same handle, um, you know, I, I'm mostly on Twitter, not much of an Instagram presence. Hopefully that changes um, more of like, you gotta, you gotta kind of have an editor and stuff to be on Instagram. Right, right. <laughs> so, yep, that's, that's, uh, that's everything. And uh, yeah, you, from there you also find the other guys part of the group, so. Absolutely. Well, I, I have to thank my loyal listeners as always. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you to everybody, uh, the Liberty fans that are tuning into this as well. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, feel free to follow me personally at coach underscore B will on Twitter. And then as always follow the podcast, Twitter account at TNT college foot one and everybody have a good night. God bless. God bless.